I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hydro Jug. You all need to get your hands on the water bottle that everyone is talking about. One of my new favorite items, and I've officially gotten my kit on board as well, the Hydro Jug. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than a half a gallon of water, so you will stay hydrated all day long. Say goodbye to filling up your tiny water bottle every hour and hello to your Hydro Jug. The Hydro Jug has over 40 different combinations to pick from. So you can pick a sleeve that has an adjustable strap and carry your Hydro Jug anywhere you go. I love how I can take this jug anywhere with me and stay hydrated. I am the kind of person who feels like I have entered the desert if I am without water at my ready. Like I need water with me at all times. And maybe that's because of the amount of coffee that I drink, but I stay thirsty. And so I need that hydro jug. I need a big old jug of water. And I like to fill mine up two times a day and get a good gallon. And I know if I finish two of these, I've had a gallon of water. Every day, roughly 60 million plastic water bottles are thrown away. So by choosing hydro jug each day, you're becoming part of the movement to stop the waste. You're making a difference. Aside from the convenience, function, and environmental help, it's just a good-looking water bottle. Like, you can pick out whatever color or design you want and your sleeve. It just, it looks really cute. I wish you could see, like, all the bright and bold colors they have, which you can if you go check out their website. On top of that, the accessory sleeve slips right over the bottle to keep your water cold and come in a variety of awesome patterns and colors to mix and match with your bottle. Each sleeve has a matching shoulder strap and two pockets to hold stuff like phones, keys, chapstick, or anything else. So all you have to do is grab your water bottle before you leave the door and you have everything you need. I can offer you 10% off your purchase with the code Enneagram. Head to www.thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use my code Enneagram in all caps for 10% off your purchase. Thank you, Hydrojug, for supporting the podcast. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are closing out our series on the stress and rest lines with the audio from a Q&A that I did on Instagram Live. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that my favorite coffee shop right now has this fall special that is cinnamony and like sweet potato-y with a toasted marshmallow on top. And it is the perfect treat when you're having like not a great day. My thorn is that I'm weirdly sad for this series about stress and rest lines to be over because I love this conversation about stress and rest lines. I think it's one of my favorite elements of the Enneagram. And I think I've said about as much as I can say on it at this time, but I'm sad it's over. My bud is that I'm excited about the series that is going live on Instagram this week. It may already be live or at least partially by the time this is up, but it's all about like the icebergs of each type, talking about what we think each type is stereotypically, but then the complexity that's underneath the surface. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, go check it out on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case because... I want to hear from you what you think about it. All right, friends, thank you for being here. Let's jump into the Q&A. Hi, everybody. Hello. I am here to answer your questions about Enneagram lines of stress and rest. I'll obviously answer any other questions you might have as well, but we're just here to hang out and chat. I have some questions that have already come in, but feel free to put yours in the comments below as well. Um, hi, everybody who's joining. It's nice to see you here. And um, yeah, let's do it. So also, if you want to put your Enneagram type in the comments below, um, I would love to know kind of who you are and kind of what types we have here. So question that number one that we have that was already sent in is I am a one and definitely go to into four when stressed. Is it possible to go to seven in stress as well? Um, so I would say, so yeah, when we think about the lines, we can actually go to, like we can, the way that I was taught it is like you can climb up either of the lines intentionally, or you can slide down either of the lines 
by accident, kind of. So that move to our rest number can actually look like complacency or getting too comfortable, getting comfortable enough to where we're not stretching or growing or pushing ourselves. Um, But it can also be, um, our stress number can also be a great way for us to grow and develop and improve or to even like prevent potential stress for ourselves. If we do it in moderation intentionally versus accidentally kind of falling there. Says I am an Enneagram eight and I am so happy with that title that I have not even explored other types. <laughs> what if I am mistyped? Um, well, I'm curious if um, being happy with that title, like, like if you feel like when you read the description, it resonates with you and you feel deeply seen and known, then you're probably typed correctly. If you were like, I kind of resonate with this. I kind of don't resonate with this. Um, then I would definitely keep exploring. Hi, good to see you too. Hello, everybody. We have a lot of twos and nines in here. Hello. Okay, we have the questions coming in. Um, what makes each type be driven? Um, well, I think the cool thing about the Enneagram is that we actually have our motivation down like in the description of our types, right? So type ones are motivated by being good, doing the right thing. Type twos are motivated by being loved and being liked. Type threes by success. Type fours by finding and expressing their identity. Type fives by being informed so they can be competent and capable. Type six by being supported and seeking certainty. Type seven by freedom and joy and Um, good feelings, being satisfied, type eight by um, being able to kind of chart their own path, being in control of their own life. Um, Type nine is their peace of mind. So these are kind of the things that are motivating us. And I like to think about it like we can hack that motivation, right? We can like intentionally lean in to that part of ourselves to motivate ourselves to do the things we don't want to do. For example, a type one who's feeling a little disconnected from their job can actually think about like, well, how is this benefiting people? How is this doing good in the long run? And how can I continue to remind myself of the good that this is doing in the world? You know, maybe right now I'm working on a spreadsheet, but if I can reconnect to how this spreadsheet benefits society, then I can stay motivated, right? Um, Question from stories, any good way to tap into your other wing? I need some powerful eight traits sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, I think about when I think about our wings. So for I had some questions in the DMs today about which are, what are your wings really? So your wings are the two numbers on either side of your number. So for type of seven, that can either be a six or an eight. For type one, that can be a nine or a two. So it's on either side. Those are the only things that can be your wings. When it comes to um, comes to your wings, a lot of times we th- we hear you know we say like I'm a seven wing eight, um, but actually we have access to both of those wings, and in fact we're typically surrounded by two numbers that we need. Like we think about type nine, for example, um, type nine is the most easygoing, the most kind of they they hide their opinions the most. They tend to not speak up or interject. They're surrounded by type one and type eight, which are two of the most opinionated types, right? We have two of the most um, black and white, right and wrong, good and bad kind of numbers um, with really strong opinions and really kind of firm boundaries as to what is like right and wrong. And so that can, those, both of those are assets to that nine, right? So um, the goal is really to have balanced wings to even them out, to kind of work out both muscles. And so when we want to intentionally work one out, I think you just practice putting them in place. So think about what are these, some of these higher qualities of the other wing that is a little bit weaker. So for me, my six wing is like my weak arm. And so if I want to intentionally work out my six wing, I can slow down when I make decisions, do them much more slowly, think through it, um, really focus on okay, what is, if I make this decision now, what is that going to mean in the long run? Um, getting feedback from other people before I make a decision is a really like important for, thing for me to do as a seven that that six wing naturally does. Um, in addition to that, also, you know, budgeting, 
things, things along those lines, um, that six wing, I can intentionally pull in some of those characteristics, right? Um, another question we have is I'm a nine wing one, have a lot of self doubt. Any advice on channeling that high three energy? Again, I think, you know, when we think about threes, what we're thinking about with threes are, um, this sensation of like being willing to put themselves out there, seeing their value in themselves, um, being willing to be seen. And so for nines, a lot of that practice is going to come down to just um, putting yourself out there over and over and over again in ways that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, um, stating your opinion, bragging on yourself a little bit. Um, these things that don't come so naturally to most nines, uh, the other element that you can do when it comes to three that's very practical and not as um, emotional and scary um, is really just breaking down some of your bigger goals. Like, what are what do you want? One, giving yourself the time to answer that question. What do you want? But then two, um, taking that goal, which most nines, they get caught up in the fear of future stress, like, okay, well, if I do this goal, if I do this thing, what's that going to mean for me in the long run? Um, I don't know how to do that. I'm gonna have to figure out some stuff. I'm going to have to learn things. I'm going to have to buy stuff. Like this is really overwhelming. Where do I even start? So instead of kind of thinking about the big picture, we need to get more detailed and focused and action oriented. And so just go like, what's the next right step for me? What's like step one, step two, step three. And if you're the type of nine who struggles with prioritization and like organizing, you know, what's what needs to happen first, if that's a struggle for you, which is a kind of a common struggle for many nines, um, you know, ask a friend to just say like, hey, I have this dream and this big thing I want to do. Um, I need you. Can you help me figure out like what are the first three steps to that and then put them on the calendar and take those steps? I think that's really healthy three behavior for our nines to put some action behind you know, their hopes and, and to really give themselves time and attention to think about what they want. Um, I'm going to go into the comments for a section for a second and look, I think I missed a few questions. So I just want to make sure I'm getting the people who are here. Um, bah, 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 bah. All right. I think I'm back to catching up. It says type six married to a nine. Any tips for making this relationship work more smoothly? Yes, I love, especially when you're types who share a line, right? Like six and nine, nine goes to six in stress, six goes to nine in rest. Um, it's really beneficial to just allow yourselves to be influenced by one another. So our six has a lot to learn from the nine about stillness, about presence, about chilling out, right? And then our nines have a lot to learn from our six about, you know, steady, dedicated effort. And so if you can kind of shift that mindset of like, why are you the way that you are, which is how most of us tend to be, um, why aren't you the way that I am? Instead of that, maybe shifting that focus to how can I learn from you? How can you be my teacher in this? Um, and how can we like benefit from our differences versus seeing our differences as things that put us at odds. Um, I'm a five wing six in stress. I feel very scattered and disorganized. Yeah, I think that sometimes that happens, you know, for us when we are trying to do a lot. I think when we have a lot of interests and we have a lot of things that are needing our attention or our time, that energy kind of goes up into our heads, right? And we get kind of like frenetic. Um, and what might be beneficial is some embodiment practices, just like daily meditation, kind of getting, you know, most of the time, like our head types, we can live from just like here up if we're not careful. Um, so getting some getting some meditation practices, yoga nidra is my personal favorite for embodiment, just kind of there's yoga nidra all over YouTube. If you search yoga nidra, it will come up. Um, and just do like one a day and just sit in it and get used to feeling your body and being in your body. Um, and that can help to kind of slow things down and um, make things feel kind of be more in your body and in the present moment. Do you have all these written down for quick reference like you just listed? Um, hi, Chris. I think you're maybe talking about the motivations 
that I listed kind of all in a row. Um, I would say the easiest way to find those would either be in the book, in my book, um, Enneagram or the Honest Enneagram. Um, all of that's written down, but in general, I don't have like a graphic or something that I've made with them. Um, but I can do that if y'all want. Um, sugar sweets. That's sweet. Um, I'm a six. I scored high as a two when caring for my mom, but then scored higher as a six later. That makes complete sense. Um, six and two have a lot in common. It's the way that I think about the difference is that twos tend to give that energy, um, to more people like strangers, um, as well as the people that they care about. Um, but sixes tend to keep strangers at arm's length until they trust them. And then they kind of give that energy just to a few people. Um, that's that like giving, loving, loyal energy. Hello, everybody who has joined us. Um, we're just answering questions about the Enneagram in general, but specifically stress and rest lines, if that interests you. Um, can you talk about the three, six, nine triad? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, three, six, nine there, I would call them, I don't know if this is the technical term. It might be, um, the identity triangle, like think they all struggle with identity. So, um, threes are replacing their identity with like what is successful at the moment. Nines are struggling with like, who am I? What do I want? Because they're so used to merging with other people. And three, um, sixes tend to struggle with trusting themselves. Like, who am I? Like, what do I, you know, trusting other people's opinions over themselves, looking for like an outside authority to tell them who they are and what they should want. So, um, and like aligning with a group of people in a, in a belief system. Um, so, yeah, that's how they're, they're all, and they're all connected, right? They make that triangle in the center and, um, three and they're all their lines are connected to one another. So three goes to six in rest and to nine in stress. Nine goes to six in stress into three in rest and six goes to nine in rest and three in stress. So they're all three, um, connect deeply connected and they all have a lot of similarities. Um, it's just kind of like, how does that show up. It's all kind of this relationship to um, who am I? How do I fit into the world? Specifically around kind of sussing out how other people experience you versus how you're experiencing you. Um, again, like threes are wanting people to see them as successful. Nines are wanting to be easy to get along with. Sixes are wanting to like find their sense of community and belonging and certainty. And um, that can put them at sometimes at odds with like the truth of who they are and what they really want. Um, Maria's, um, Maria's Soto long O TV. That's sweet. I like that. I'm trying, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, my daughter is a six. Any advice? Yes. Um, as soon as she can start getting interested in meditation, the better, um, let her, I always say like run their fear to the course, like, um, six, I always like let sixes talk out their fear with me and say, okay, like worst case scenario, let's like actually dive into it. Um, because really once we've done that, we can kind of start to see that it's not really happening. Um, the other thing is that our sixes struggle to trust themselves over the authority in their life, but also there's just a general struggle with authority. Like, can I trust you? Can I not trust you? If I respect you, then your feedback is going to potentially mean more to me than my own inner voice. Um, if I don't respect you, then I'm going to have some resistance toward you. So, um, make sure that you're like a loyal leader, you know, for them and like love them, but then point them back to themselves. So if they come to you for feedback, just kind of continuously invite them to their own inner knowing because the more that they can like practice that at home, um, the easier it's going to be for them to do in real life and day-to-day -day life. Let's see. Um, hi Lauren. Four wing five, and I swear I'm split 50-50 between the two. Any advice for following stress and rest for two different numbers? Okay, so there are some numbers that I really truly believe are so, the wings are so intertwined that it can be really hard to tell which one's dominant. Um, I think four wing five is like that. Um, seven and eight are like that, like an eight wing seven and a seven wing eight. There's so many similarities. Um, other numbers that are like that are... Um, 
those are the two big ones for me. I think two and three can be that way as well because they're both like charming and good with people. And um, if you have a really hardworking two, they can look like a three and at sometimes. So anyway, I say all that to say, I think you can just listen to yourself. <laughs> Like really just say, okay, like where do I see one in me? Where do I see um, four, you know, four in me? Where do I see two in me? Where do I see seven and eight? And just kind of play with that a little bit. Um, you know, that move isn't too different. Like that, especially to the eight and to the one, right? Eight and one are both like powerful, like strong, self-trusting, um, opinionated, uh, ethical, justice-oriented types, um, like tend to be like disciplined and hardworking. And so that's that both of those are the rest moves for both of those numbers. So that's good information, right? And then the stress move for the two um, to that two is becoming kind of flattering, giving to get, um, wanting people to like you, hoping people will like you. That move to seven is kind of like scattered and disorganized and um, feeling like you're too busy. Another way that we can think about the stress move as well is that if we try to live out of that space full time, it can be really stressful for us. So a five trying to live like a seven who's like doing, 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 that's going to be really stressful. Or um, a four trying to live like a two where it's just like constantly focused on other people, that's going to be stressful. You can kind of integrate this in a healthy way, moderation, um, in a way that will you know, prevent that long-term stress. I'm a nine, but I'm feeling pretty good about sticking up for myself since being single. And now I'm worried I'm not a nine. <laughs> well, I think we grow, right? So like we, the worldview stays the same. The sensation for nine, the worldview is, um, you know, I, I, I prioritize my peace of mind. I don't want a loss of connection. Um, I fear stress. I fear disconnection from the people that I care about. Like those things are likely going to inform your decisions in your life forever. However, we, we can create healthier relationships to them, right? We can get more comfortable putting ourselves out there. We can get more bold. Potentially, you know, if you're a sexual nine, I don't know what your subtype is, but a one-to-one -one nine is going to be more nine-like in relationship because they tend to merge with a partner. So when you don't have a partner, you don't have that person to merge with. And so it can also be partially like your subtype showing up um, differently, but also, you know, we, we learn and we grow, we improve, you know, t even five years ago, six years ago, well, seven years now, <laughs> say, um, I couldn't stand to be home alone. Like my seven energy wanted me to be out all the time. And now I, I look much more like a five in my day-to-day -day life. Just much. I'm home a lot. I really moderate my energy levels. Um, so that doesn't mean that I'm not a seven. Like I'm still motivated and driven by seven behaviors. If I kind of reverted back to all of my old coping mechanisms, it would look like a seven, but I, I, you know, we learn and we grow and we, we create healthier relationships to these things. I just rewrote the story where the wild things are for each Enneagram type. That's so fun. Cool idea. I am a one and can't tell if I have a prominent wing. I think I use a lot of both. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, Anna, like we have, we have balanced wings. That's the goal. Um, some people just already feel like they have balanced wings. So for some of us, it takes a little bit more work. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Good to see ya. Um, I had a mini identity crisis for 60 minutes one day thinking I was an eight when I'm a one. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in common between eight and one, in my opinion, like they're both powerful and um, really care about how other people are treated. What are some clear difference, differences between eight wing seven and eight wing nine? So, you know, we think about like, it's kind of like a flavoring, right? That seven energy is going to be more light, more playful, um, much more free spirited, less, um, they're more independent. So they tend to be, I think they call this the rebel type. Um, just like we have two very independent types, very strong, 
confident um, types combined, eight and seven. So um, yeah, tend to be very independent, tend to be kind of counter social, like like I, I do what I, I want to do. You don't tell me what to do. That energy. Then eight wing nine, you kind of soften that eight energy a little bit with that nine. Like I want to be easy to get along with. Um, I'm really, really family oriented. A lot of times these are the eights who are, you know, provide for their families, who are the protector and the provider for the people they care about. A lot more grounded. It's two body types together. So a lot more like empowered and body oriented and kind of a double anger type. So maybe a little bit more um, boiling, you know, Um, not necessarily expressively angry. They might be, they might not be, um, but just more like embodied and hot than that eight wing seven, which is going to be a little bit more light on their feet, playful. Is a rest line what's often talked about as security? Yeah. Yeah, Anna. Some people call it security. Um, they used to call it integration. They've, they have since stopped calling it integration, which I'm grateful for. I don't really like the language integration and disintegration because the idea that we're disintegrating <laughs> is like, I don't think like helpful language. Um, so I appreciate that they, they quit talk, calling it that eventually. I call it rest um, just because that's what it feels like to me. It's like when I feel safe, when I feel um, at peace, um, then I feel like I can rest here. I can calm, be calm here. I am a six wing five that was in a very long toxic relationship. It took six years off to heal and work on myself, but I'm now struggling in a long-term relationship. I'm sorry that that, um, that ever happened to you. And I'm so glad you took your time. And I think when you say you're struggling in a long-term relationship, I, um, I kind of hear like, that you're just kind of struggling to adjust to this relationship, or I don't know what the struggle might be. But I think in general, um, things to keep in mind as a six are own your, own your own opinion and your own thoughts. Um, trust yourself, trust your instincts. You, um, you can trust yourself, you know, what's best for you. Um, two, you know, don't put people, other people in a place of authority over you, um, unnecessarily, right? Um, it's collaborative effort. There's no one who's like a leader, like you don't have to like be the follower in the situation. Um, and then I think also, you know, you can hope you can think about like, you don't have to solve the relationship before it happens. You can really just be in the relationship as it is now. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like, where's this relationship going? How is this going to work out? Um, what is this, this behavior going to mean if it continues to get bigger and, and like, how is this behavior going to transform as time goes on? Especially when we've come out of a toxic relationship, we're scared of getting into that again. And so we start to see these behaviors and we're terrified that they're going to turn into toxic behaviors because we know, you know, we're afraid because we ignored red flags before, right? Like when we've been there, um, that can happen. So then we get into a new relationship. We're trying to prevent that from happening to us again. And I think like, the most soothing thing that I've ever really learned about this is that the relationship will end when it ends. Um, obviously, if you are in a physically or emotionally abusive relationship, anyone who is listening, um, you you can end it now, right? You don't need to wait. But if you're in kind of what you you know, like this is probably a pretty normal relationship. Um, I just have some things that make me uncomfortable about it. You can, the relationship will come to its close when it comes to its close or it won't. And the whole way there, you can just be in the relationship you're in. Don't hope that they will change so it will get better because you're in a relationship with the person you're in a relationship with right now, not who you think they could be if they only blink. You're in the relationship with the person as they are now. So accepting that and then asking yourself, do I want to be in that relationship? If they never change, if nothing ever changes, do I want this? And, um, if the answer is yes, great. Stay present, be in the relationship you're in, not the relationship you think it could become in a positive way or that you fear it will become, um, in a negative way. And therapy is amazing. So, you know, couples therapy is always an option and highly recommended. 
Anna, I am a one. I can recognize seven in health and also seven as my blind spot. I struggle to recognize anything about being in my four, except that I know I was all up in it in high school. Um, so Anna, I think about that move to four kind of like ones tend to push down their negative emotions. There's kind of like my anger is a smile, <laughs> like I'm fine. Um, or just like their negative emotions tend to get like shoved down. And I think about it like you're using all of your strength and all of your might to hold up the wall of a dam and your emotions are just like this waterfall that's like flowing into the river behind the dam. And you're just like pushing on it and you're, you're holding it up with all of your might. So you're like holding in all of this negative, negative emotion with all of your might, keeping it all together, doing the right thing, being appropriate, being proper. Um, and then there's an inevitable leak that has to happen, right? Like this has got to come out somehow. And, um, usually that can look like a deep, going to a deep place, going to a, a place of like, I'm the only one who's the, I'm the only adult in the room. I'm the only one who cares about this. Why am I the only one working this hard? I'm exhausted or like crying, you know, having big emotional responses. Um, and it's kind of like the waterfalls, like, Hey, <laughs> like you can't use your strength anymore. You're going to have to just like, let the water take you and like ride the waves. Um, of your emotions. So that's kind of how I think about the move to four. Um, I don't know if that resonates or not. I'd love to hear. Um, more coffee. How do you find your wing? I'm a nine. So it's just the, the numbers on either side of you. So you can either have an, a wing of eight or a wing of one. And it's really just, do you feel like you, the, the, it's like a flavoring of your type. So do you feel more focused toward, like, do you feel more opinionated and more strong in your your thoughts and your ideas, then, um, or do you feel more like I want to be a proper, I want to be appropriate. I want thing, I want to be a good person, like kind of which one of those resonates with you more and, and you can decide. Um, I am a nine and currently feeling in a state of stress. What are some things I can do to move myself toward rest? Yeah. Um, I think, okay. So for nines, when you get stressed, it's kind of like you go into your head, right? You get into this like overthinking over, over worrying, state. Um, and really oftentimes the remedy to over worrying is presence, being in the present moment. So meditation, mindfulness, but also taking action, you know, actually taking action on the things that you want to do. Um, and so a lot of times our nines try to use inertia as a soothing mechanism, but it can actually be the thing that shoves you into stress because, um, when you are not doing your brain decides to like move on its own and it can overthink things. And so really taking some actual action into things, but even if that's just like deep cleaning a, a part of your home, um, that can be enough to kind of kickstart the momentum for you to start feeling better. Yay. Thank you guys for joining. Um, someone's looking for a girlfriend in the comments. What is the best way to connect in conflict with someone who is a one wing nine? Um, I like that question, connect in conflict. I think that's like a really kind question. Um, you know, I think if there's any ones in the room who want to who want to share in the comments below as well, I'm sure that would be even more helpful than me. Um, but I think remembering that ones are really scared of doing the wrong thing. They're really concerned about um failing and like letting people down or doing something that's like not the right, not the right way. And so they were putting a lot of effort and a lot of energy into life in general, like they're working really hard at life. And so, um, when you have to give feedback to a type one, it's often helpful to just ask questions instead of giving critique because in, in corporate trainings, I say like the one, it's like the one's inner critic is just like banging them over the head all day. Like, here's where you could have done better. Here's where you could have improved. Here's how you need to, how you could have, you know, you forgot this thing or you could have done this thing better. Um, and so when we come in and we give them more negative feedback, it's like they're getting hit from both sides. But if we can kind of come in and say like, Hey, this thing happened, what do you think that you could have done differently? Or like, how do we, how could we do this differently in the future? Or what could make this better? Because they probably have a decent idea as to what they could have improved on if we ask, but um, it, they are pretty sensitive to feedback, honestly, and as many of us are. 
Um, I am a one married to a nine. He is in his stress type often lately as life has been crazy. I have a hard time knowing how to encourage him toward his strength and rest knowing I come off as critical. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing with being in partnership to people, right? Is that it's their timing and it's their process. And so the best, our job in relationship to the people we care about is simply to love them. It's not our job to like solve their problems for them or to fix them um, or to make life even easier for them. They are perfectly allowed to be sad, stressed, to struggle. And, um, and actually it can create a real sense of safety if we allow them to be in that place. Um, we can offer invitations. We can offer support. We can say like, you know, like an invitation could sound like this. Um, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. Do you want to come for a walk with me? Um, or support can look like, hey, is there anything I can do to, to um, ease your burden today? And kind of coming from that perspective of like, I'm here to nourish you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to be on your team. Um, it is not my job at all to fix you or to make your, your negative emotions go away. And that takes so much pressure off of us as partners, right, to solve their problems for them, but also helps them to know that um, they're just deeply loved for who they are and where they are right now, even at their worst. Um, I am a nine and really identify with the merging, looking to others and not putting myself first. However, I don't value connection overall. I am okay cutting ties if needed. Still a nine. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you can still be a nine. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm having a hard time keeping up with you guys. Okay. Um, I think I'm a seven, but see a lot of one in me too. How do I know which one I am since they are connected? Um, I relate to you <laughs> that. Um, so for me, the way that I did this, and this is like, I say this all the time, but every time I say it, it still makes me feel like a bad person. Um, is I said, um, would I rather be like free and like deeply satisfied with my life or would I rather be a good person? And I realized that I could easily shift my definition of what a good person is in order to be free and satisfied and happy. Um, and that's how I knew I was a seven. <laughs> and I think a one, um, they have a harder time with releasing, you know, with reframing like sevens can. But in general, the other thing is like sevens tend to be more, we, we, we have to release the stereotypes. We think of sevens as being like scattered and like wild and like just fun all the time. Um, but I'm actually as a seven, I'm a social seven, so I can be very, um, self-sacrificing. I can be very, um, disciplined and very organized in my specific kind of way. However, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be trapped in emotional pain. I want to be free. I want to be satisfied with my life. The decisions that I make in general are tied to, like, I always believe I can be happy. I just need to like drink enough water or do whatever I need to do to like get happy. Um, whereas ones, they tend to kind of focus more on like the job needs to get done. Then I get to have pleasure, um, moderating pleasure, the fear of being a bad person. Um, these things are more prevalent, right? Not that we can't connect to both of them, but one is going to be more dominant. And in general, I can, you can ask yourself, is this the way I show up in stress, you know, or is this the way that I live? Is this the world, the lens that I view the world through? Um, I'm stressed about working two jobs, seven days a week. That's a lot um, due to bills and asking my partner to step up and help out more around the house, but I don't feel like they are meeting me where I am. Oof, that's so hard. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that that's a really good time to go to therapy when you've expressed a need um, and they're not hearing you or they're not meeting you there, that you can have a third party to kind of help you advocate for yourself or to translate and talk to each other. So if you're able to do therapy, if you, if therapy feels like, okay, girl, I'm working seven days a week and I'm, you know, I'm just covering bills that 
I already like don't have time and resources. I will say um, Open Path is a great place to get discounted therapy. Better Help um, is a way that you can do therapy all online, so that it can fit with your schedule, and they offer financial aid. So, um, those are really good resources for getting support. Connecting with one in conflict. I'm a one. Give benefit of the doubt and let them know what you love about them and what they did well too. Anna, that's great advice. I'm a one. My hubs is a five. Any advice on how we can support each other with our stress and rest lines? We have good communication. Yeah, I think, you know, it's always nice to just be invited into your place of rest. So for our one, if the five can kind of invite them into a place of scheduled spontaneity. <laughs> that can be a really fun way to let the one let go. Um, also just kind of like for ones, I think like all inclusive type of vacations, things where like everything's been taken care of. You just get to come and be free. That's a really good way to invite them into their rest space. And for um, fives really can go into that eight space by kind of wanting to be in control of their home environment of their schedule, of their work environment. And so ones can kind of invite them into that space and be like, okay, you decide the day, you decide what this looks like. If that looks like you getting your alone time, um, you just tell me what a perfect day would be like for you or what a perfect home environment would be like for you. And like, let's go there together. Um, um, how do I let go of that more? They don't understand my routines to calm my anxiety and just mock it. Continue from above. Honestly, um, I don't like the word mock. Like if you feel mocked in your relationship, like that's a bigger conversation. Um, and I think that that should be explored. Honestly, um, no one deserves to be mocked and we all deserve to be respected. And, um, I think you can decide, I think what I would say, like kind of to really kind of sum up our conversation around this is determine for you, like what a healthy, happy, good relationship looks like for you. Ask yourself if the relationship that you're in is that. Um, and if it is great, appreciate it. If it's not, um, go to therapy with them or it's okay to leave. Anna, thank you for doing this. I love taking all talking all things Enneagram, but not need a little out a little too much around people sometimes. Oh, same. And I am the same still. Um, I'm a four wing three dealing with a breakup situation with a type five. We have, we have to live together through the lease and navigating it has been very hard, of course, because of how we respond to conflict so differently. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So our fours are going to want to be heard and they're going to want their um, emotions mirrored back to you. Um, fives are going to want to withdraw and they're going to want to kind of hide their emotionality and kind of keep it a secret. Um, and that's, that's really, really hard. And living together, I have been there living together after a breakup is so hard because you, you can't, it's like you're in limbo, right? You, you can't move on. You can't stay. Um, so you're kind of like stuck in this like middle place. And I think that this is a good time to kind of practice not being each other's people. Like you've decided already to break up. So this is a good time to say like, okay, I need to find someone else to be my person to talk to about these things and to practice not being like when we're in relationship, it's kind of like we have this person that we always talk to, we always go to, we always work things out through. But once you've decided it's time to move on, um, it's time to find someone else to kind of build that place up as you kind of work on bridging the gap between where you've been and where you're going. Because they're probably not going to be able to give you what you need right now. And, um, and that's really hard. what if you're stressed all the time? <laughs> are you that number in stress then? Yeah, you are. We can get stuck in seasons of being that number, you know, like I, um, I've had seasons where I've been like full one, um, like just not like motivated by one motivators, but behavior. I've just been like locked there, you know, that's very common. Seven days a week is rough. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for making me feel seen. That's such solid advice. He was my go-to for such a long time, and we had 10 months still left on the lease. Whoa, that is a long time. And it's hard for me to not express myself as a four. Of course, of course. Um, and if you, I mean, 10 months is a long time to be in limbo. Just, just, I just, you know, if you need someone to say that's a long time to be in limbo, you can make a different decision if you can. Um, I will say that to you. My husband is a two and super stressed at work. He also isn't great about accepting help. What are good ways to help a two in stress? Give them what they give you. When they do something for you without you having to ask, without you asking, they're kind of telling you what they need. Um, I always say like if a, they, they throw the birthday party for you that they want thrown for them. They um, fill your water cup up when they're thirsty, like pay attention to what they do for you and kind of give that back to them because that's what they're actually, they're actually asking for that by giving it to you. Um, what is a good romantic match for a seven? Honestly, we can all date anybody and be in a good relationship with anybody. Ah, Eric's here. Hi, Eric. Um, we can all be in a relationship to anybody, but the big thing is that we just all have to be working on our stuff, right? Like just, you want to be on the same level of, um, dedication to growth. That's all you have to worry about. Um, question coming in. I am a four and a Republican. Almost everyone at college ends up hating me when they find out how do I make friends while still being true to myself? Um, you know, I think that's hard. Um, so I will say like, you're, you know, we're in a season right now where a lot of people are hurting. Um, and a lot of people feel personally, um, victimized and harmed by the Republican party. And so I think when it comes to making friends, like our politics right now are playing a really big part in how safe people feel, um, with you. And so I think what's hard is that we, when we, disconnect ourselves from people who are different from us. We disconnect their ability to be impacted by us and to um, be impact, you know, to work on things. But I think sometimes like if someone has felt harmed by like your political beliefs, it's going to be hard to forge a friendship, especially at this time in history. And that's really hard. Um, And that's like, that's tricky. It's a tricky thing. And I, but I will say, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's beneficial to be friends with people who are different than you and to continue seeking out relationships with people who don't just believe like you, um, to allow yourself to consider and to, um, think critically about how you've experienced the world so far and how you will experience the world as it goes on. But, and I will say, I came, I went into college a Republican and I came out different. (laughs) Um, And I think that that comes from college teaches us a lot about like critical thinking and the pain of people who are different than us and things that people have experienced um, that maybe we've never, we've been kind of guarded from or shielded from. And it might, you might change, you might change um, and friendships will find you. And I can't, I'm having a hard time because like, I'm, I am, um, very aware of the harm that the Republican party has done and don't want to say that, like, I can't say that someone isn't going to be hurt by that. Right. Um, but seek out, you know, people who will, you will, there are people for you everywhere. There's people for all of us everywhere. Um, and no one deserves to be without connection. Right. And I think we all deserve, Um, to be loved and to be heard. Um, And I think as you grow and as you learn, you will also find people who are on the same path. I'm saying it in a weird way, but I think just you deserve love. We all deserve love. We all deserve belonging. And um, when people kind of close off to you based off of your political beliefs, don't take it as like, there's something wrong with me. Take it as they've been hurt by this thing that I'm, I believe in and, um, find a part of you that can empathize with that.
I love someone said on the political party issue, I say lean into connecting on your common values. Sometimes you find you have the same values, the, just the expression of those and what they fixes and expresses those is different. I think that's a really good way to think about it. Um, I consider myself an unhealthy four wing three in my current situation. It's hard for me to use my creative outlet. Any advice on how to break out of the unhealthy four placement? Yeah, I think we can really use that two energy of just kind of focusing on other people for a little bit. I think sometimes that four um, focus on um, what do I want? What do I need? How am I feeling? Like how focusing so much on like how you feel can make it difficult for you to kind of get out of that kind of like pit of despair at times, depending on where you're at. Um, so I will just say that like kind of thinking about how can I give back? How can I focus on other people? How can I um, put some goodness out into the world um, can help a ton with that kind of over self-focus that can happen for our four sometimes. All right, I'm going to get to our last couple of questions and um, before it kicks me off. Yeah. Um, so someone asked, when it comes to stress, does this look like a bad mood or a stage you're settling into? Um, so I will say that it is um, both and, and it can look, so it can look like um, a moment, right? A moment of like kind of tightening up. And it's kind of like when we're stressed out, our dominant type structure actually gets bigger, right? So as a seven, it's like my first response to stress is to do the same seven things that I do, like refrain my negative emotions or flee the scene of the crime or, um, you know, cut things out of my life. Um, so that's kind of like the first response where the eight response is to get stronger, to power up. And then when that doesn't work or when that creates more stress for ourselves, um, then we kind of move to that other number. So when that seven behavior doesn't work, then I kind of start try some one behaviors and see how they work unconsciously, of course. So that's one way that that can show up. That can happen in a moment. It can happen for a season. Um, and it can also be I'm doing the, I'm trying to live like this number. So as a seven, I think I should be like a one. So I'm going to be more disciplined. I'm going to like keep my fridge really clean. <laughs> Not that all ones have like obsession with the clean house, but that's how it works out for me. Um, just these like fixations of things. And then that's a really stressful way to live, right? It's really stressful for us to live out of that space. Um, and so, yeah, those are the different ways that, that, that the move can show up is really just kind of like an intensifying of our type structure. And then when that inevitably doesn't work or causes more stress, um, we have another tactic that we pull in. Um, thank you so much for your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> Aliyah said, yes, I'm a four and I was pouring so hard last week and I was stressed. Yes, yes, yes. It's definitely like we intensify first and then we, we, that inevitably makes it harder and then we find another way. All right, friends, um, we'll wrap up here. Thank you all for joining. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thanks for those who asked a ton of questions and, um, stayed till the end. I appreciate you. And um, if you joined right at the end, I'll save the replay as an IGTV so you can check it all out and um, have a good one. Bye.